Welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. I'm Ludmila, founder and CEO of Rampic, a B2B digital marketing agency. We help tech founders get the most of their marketing effort and promote their stories to our audience. We believe that every tech founder has a unique story and their business needs attention. Stick around till the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can become our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Hello and welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast, the space where tech founders and leaders share their unconventional thoughts, visions, and stories. Today, I'm here with Chris Rodriguez. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Ludmila. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Likewise, absolutely. Likewise. Uh, Chris, 20 years in online marketing, uh, that's a lot. Can you share uh, a little bit of like a background story? So what brought you to that career field and uh, how the whole thing started and evolved? Sure. Well, the story has several chapters to my digital marketing path. There's a first chapter where right out of college, I was a music major from the University of Virginia. And I found my way into the marketing of music and really focused on digital at the time, let's say early 2000s up until 2010. And these are the times of MySpace, the times of, you know, uh, where MailChimp was just becoming itself early in the digital marketing as it relates to today. And I like to say I cut my teeth during that phase. I learned all things about uh, community management by genuinely creating targeted communities with MySpace things that are automated today, I was doing manually, um, you know, and, and was able to understand email marketing from the design to the segmentation. And uh, so that's the first phase of my digital marketing, I would say about eight to nine years. I then realized with the utmost of love and respect to my passion of music and my time spent in the music marketing industry, uh, I realized that maybe there was something bigger for me and so I decided to get into tech startups, and that represents the, for lack of a better term, the second half of my digital marketing career. So I actually became a 30-year-old rookie in tech startup marketing, uh, initially in New York City tech for five years, and now a proud member of DC tech for eight years. So, um, you know, tra transferring those skills, but definitely being 30, running around the 21, 22, 23-year-olds, while still keeping the hustle intact, uh, allowed me to accelerate quickly in my New York City tech phase. And then uh, my life took me to DC, Virginia. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's been such a blur, but a, a blessing at the same time. <laughs> Chris, that's amazing. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that part of the story because uh, changing not just like the career field but the geography as well uh and especially in the tech landscape that is a challenge so yeah i appreciate all the effort and can you tell me a little bit more about ixl so like for everybody who's listening chris is the ceo of ixl the website is ixl.co explicitly.co not.com so ixl.co so uh chris tell us a little bit more about your business how like the whole agency life started for you and uh, uh how it's going now sure well uh thank you for that intro so we are a digital marketing agency focused on demand generation retention 
uh, and we predominantly play in the tech startup, B2B SaaS space in verticals, but we are certainly not limited to that. For example, our most prominent case study was neither B2B nor SaaS. So we uh, like to solve puzzles is what I how I like to describe it. I'm passionate about digital marketing funnels. Uh, I like when uh, a potential prospect or, or company comes to me and says, we've tried seven different ways and we just can't crack it. And uh, I, I get excited for those challenges. And I've uh, built a team of people that think the same way, who are equally passionate about digital marketing and just love the craft. So very proud to say that. Um, we are uh, with some experience in many different verticals. Uh, so yes, B2B SaaS, but also legal technology, uh, also sports technology, um, ed tech, uh, amongst many other verticals. In other words, uh, genuine experience in these verticals, genuine case studies, uh, testimonials, and the ability to uh, put some experience on whatever puzzles in front of us. How this all got started is probably not too uh, different from your path, Ludmila, and, and others like us, which is to say, I individually am a hustler, a digital marketer by trade. My story took me from full-time work to a little bit of consulting to the consulting bug biting me and saying, hey, you know what? I understand the pros and the cons, and I think I like this lifestyle. I think I like, like this direction. And so it took me into the next phase, which is a professional consultant. And as you grow that individual consultancy, you quickly realize there's a bit of an inflection moment. If you're, if you're doing a good job and you've got a roster of clients, there's a bit of a decision moment. Am I okay with what is going on right now? And that could be very amazing. It could be a tremendous lifestyle business, you know, uh, probably a good salary and a lot of comfort, or do I want to take this up a notch? And when that moment came for me, similarly to you, I would perceive Ludmila, I decided, you know what? I don't want to have any regrets not to get too graphic, but what I like to say is I don't want to be on my deathbed and have any regrets. I want to have given this a full go and hypothetically say it didn't work out. At least I can rest my head well knowing, you know what? I gave it a full go. So that's why I decided to ramp up IXL. I would say this phase of the ramp up uh, was nine months before COVID. So it's been four and a half uh, coming up on five years and uh, very grateful to be surviving and thriving. Wow, uh, Chris, this is this is amazing. And um, I, I can relate, you're right. Uh, my, my, my story was a little bit different, but uh, I understand about those bugs biting you so hard that you cannot really resist the rest of what, <laughs> what's coming down the way. Uh, you mentioned like your best case study. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like that 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 piece of work or like that period of time that you're particularly proud of? Because like here, on, for for everybody who's listening, right? So like the audience, uh, my my audience is mostly tech founders, and uh, that's that's where like I found that people are not really willing to 
over like praise themselves, but that's the safe place to do that. So can you please tell us about like the shiny uh, like case study that you have? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I love those success stories and I always love that too. Absolutely. And um, just to clarify before I share them, I'm, I'm more proud about the process and how it has affected me and the company. There were obviously results and I'll share some of that, but um, it's really like, I'm just so passionate about the, the process. So I'll share two stories with you. I'll try to be quick. The first one is very serendipitous because the beginning of my career actually started in the legal technology and electronic discovery or e-discovery industry. And after about uh, 10 years professionally working in law firms and serving law firms in Manhattan, New York City, uh, but then becoming a marketer, I sort of had to leave that chapter of my life behind. Uh, my passion is obviously in digital marketing, but I did have a 10-year track record professionally in a totally separate industry. Fast forward, and I was able to find a digital marketing client that specifically served the exact legal technology and electronic discovery industry. And it was very serendipitous. It was almost like dots were connecting in many ways. I already have an established network. I understand the space. I had a tremendous passion for it. And a particular company, in this case, the company Nextpoint, nextpoint.com, uh, found me and needed uh, help with their digital marketing. They had an exceptional e-discovery product, uh, but their digital marketing at the time, with respect, was lacking. And so we ended up having a long-standing, almost five-year uh, work relationship together. And over the course of those five years, I'm proud to say that I was able to take a uh, scrappy, awesome product, but scrappy, small team company and actually help them grow to arguably uh, certainly a top 10 and possibly even a top five e-discovery software over many different tactics, including SEO optimization, uh, account-based marketing with uh, a lot of list building combined with uh, LinkedIn advertising and in fact, Facebook advertising while targeting the same account-based marketing lists, uh, having appropriate top, middle, bottom of funnel, uh, nurturing, working on their emails through HubSpot, the whole ship. We created it, we built it, we nurtured it, and it is now a self-sufficient machine that I'm very proud to pass on to uh, a growing company. They have uh, several upstart hustler marketers that are taking this ship that I and IXL have built. And uh, it's a very proud uh, part of my career and track record. So that's the first story. Um, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. How, did it, how, how does it feel to let it go? Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> uh, a combination of pain and pride. Um, you know, my my COO and my my comrade on the front lines, Bradley Devet, often says that it is a good thing when you pass the baton because that means that you successfully did uh, your job, you completed the mission, and um, that's positive, not negative. And so. I certainly believe in that. Um, of course, as a business owner, it's painful to uh, have any separation with any client, but all positive and so therefore overwhelmingly positive uh, takeaways for me. 
Thanks, Chris. Thanks for sharing. Um, and appreciate you being like very open about it uh, because, yeah, that's usually mixed feelings, but good to see that it's kind of like positive uh, from all angles. Yeah. Cool. And what's the second story? So the second story is, um, is but a blip in time in the tech culture, but it was such an impactful blip for me and my company that it will always hold a soft spot in my heart. So the second case study is specifically related to the NFT and Web3 industries, which obviously had a significant boom followed by, let's say, an unfortunate dip. I still have beliefs that that dip is not permanent, but the facts are the facts. We are actively in the dip. Um, but the company that uh, I was able to work with is a company called Dapper Labs. And I like to call them the Google of NFTs. Uh, they are, uh, well, frankly, Dapper itself is the parent company. And they, amongst several products that they've built, created a bit of an innovation lab called Dapper Labs. And Dapper Labs was single-handedly responsible to be the official NFT partner of several different sports leagues, including the NBA, the NFL, uh, UFC, and La Liga Soccer. So as a diehard sports fan, someone who historically did fantasy sports as the commissioner for 15 years, you know, all I really do in my off time is watch New York Knicks basketball, New York Jets football, and New York Yankees baseball. Um, an opportunity like this is, again, serendipitous. And I was very grateful to even have this come across. Uh, the way that it happened was very, uh, it was just cool. Uh, a former mentee of mine uh, answered a public tweet with the decision maker at Dapper Lab saying, hey, we're looking for an awesome growth marketer. And someone who I obviously did uh, uh, right by and and uh, built a tremendous relationship with said, you know what, Chris Rodriguez is your guy. And I responded and my life changed forever based on the response to a tweet. We were able to, over the course of 13 months, uh, drive uh, hundreds of thousands of engagements, uh, you know, generate through either email marketing, nurturing, or uh, for some time advertising management, uh, several million dollars in ROI for the company. And, you know, at the time we're scrappy. So it's just like little old me in my basement, you know, um, plus a few hustlers figuring this thing out, but really driving culture changing uh, marketing campaigns. So something I'm very proud of. And, you know, suffice it to say it was um, lucrative for, for my company such that it became a bootstrapping opportunity for us to grow to everything that we are today. So a very impactful and again, as a sports fan, just very cool uh, part of the story. <laughs> that's that's tremendous. Like uh, doing what you love to do in the niche that you like, that you adore, and uh, which drives you, like not just like professionally but personally. Wow, that's that's a super cool opportunity. I'm so happy it worked out. Uh, and uh, I personally love uh when such stories come together that meet me nicely because yeah you know sometimes you do have um that feeling that hey i will do it but i don't like it and uh, when on the contrary you have like oh my god you wake up every morning and you just cannot wait to open like the, the email like the stats to look at how the night went so yeah i can relate 
Um, and yeah. geez, uh, I will say, I will say I, it, was very, it was very cool to promote Kevin Durant ads and emails. Uh, I bet it felt. It, I still feel awesome. Like there is no like past tense for for the feelings like that. Um, Chris, um, what is your uh, official or maybe unofficial take uh, about the twenty twenty four in terms of like momentum driving channels? We all know like things about like the baseline you do what you gotta do uh but is there anything on your radar that you see particularly um uh, prominent as the like momentum driving channel in tech in digital marketing and tech industry because like most of my listeners are like tech founders and uh, we do have different conversations about like hey we have limited resources we have to prioritize um what is your best take on the momentum driving channels or tactics or techniques for 2024. So my take on that is hopefully um, not perceived as a bit of a cop-out answer, but what I'll say is I firmly believe that the channels in front of you are the channels in front of you. And it's really more so the approaches that you take within those channels that might change based on the times. So for example, I still very much firmly believe in cold email if done appropriately. And it's just that 2024 is changing the definition of what is it to do it appropriately, right? So hyper-segmentation, hyper-personalization, uh, still very real, but uh, make sure that you don't miss on that in 2024 because even the slightest of spam and unsubscribe spikes will get your domain banned as of February, 2024. That's just an example. Um, also a firm believer in, if done appropriately, uh, social media direct messages. That channel has always been a high ROI channel, but that has evolved over time where there was once a time where you could use automated Twitter bots and Instagram bots to do all of this. And now, though there may still be some remnants in the gray hat areas, um, that type of stuff is sort of uh, less prominent. However, the approach to DM someone in a social media channel will always have a higher open rate, reply rate, click rate, uh, personal personal touch rate. Um, there is still opportunities to do that in LinkedIn. There are several tools that I either am using or have used in the past uh, two that come to mind are Meet Alfred or Expandy. But honestly, if you were just to look up the entire ecosystem, uh, anything that plays in that space is considered gray hat, but if done appropriately, uh, can be quite useful. Um, so those channels haven't necessarily changed. Uh, I'm also a huge believer in all things account-based marketing as it relates to social advertising specifically. So building a custom list of decision makers and then importing that list in the respective social channels is not going out of style. The thing that might change is lesser match rates on those lists, which is to say, maybe you need to do a little more cleanup and curation on the list prior, but the concept is still the concept. And there might be newer channels to do the same. You might want to be doing account-based marketing now in TikTok, right? As opposed to a few years ago, that wasn't even a thought. But the, the concept of creating a custom audience, importing it, getting matches 
and then really hyper targeting your advertising um, is not going out of style. So uh, like I said, hopefully not too much of a cop-out answer, but I think the channels that I still believe in are still the channels I believe in. It's just the approach. Um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And that's uh, that's definitely insightful because uh, it's not just about the tools, it's about how you use them as well, right? Exactly. And, um, you know, occasionally there might be a new tool in the toolkit, but um, honestly, everything that we as the company IXL have uh, operationalized and have templatized and, you know, not productized, but it feels that way as we repeat these processes uh, are, are set in a few key tools. Uh, for example, we are HubSpot certified partners. We pride ourselves on knowing all things HubSpot. Uh, every single hub that they have, and we train up our team members to become certified themselves in HubSpot. Uh, we are heavy users of SEMrush, um, and so anything that SEMrush incorporates, which is obviously organic search, paid search, research, as well as sort of general uh, digital market research, we use these things heavily. So a lot of the playbooks haven't necessarily changed per se. I will say, um, there is one particular tool that we are uh, not only partners with, but firm believers in as B2B marketers. It is an upstart company that is technically, I believe, still in beta. But the company is called Rev Methods, as in Revenue Methods, R-E-V Methods. And basically, they create, uh, they create awareness of signals uh, based on visits or other types of behaviors. So as a B2B marketer, it behooves us to fully understand when a core target in our account-based marketing list visited our site or downloaded a white paper or, uh, you know, visited certain particular pages. Maybe they visited the pricing page and therefore that warrants a particular follow-up touch. And so there are uh, techno technological enhancements of that type that wouldn't have existed, let's say, three years ago. Uh, as prominent as they are today. Wow, uh, Chris, thanks for sharing. It's, uh, and uh, I do appreciate you naming like the specific tools because uh, that's usually like the questions that I typically hear from uh, from the uh, tech founders, like what kind of like toolkit do we need? And I completely, I'm completely with you uh, on using like a spectrum of those, not just like one or two, but you will need uh, to build an ecosystem of a CRM, of a research tool, of a data enrichment tool, and of course all of, like these systems uh, behind it. And that's uh, that's where uh, agencies like yours, uh, I believe are the best fit for uh, the tech startups because you know, you, it's not enough just to buy subscriptions. You need to know how exactly to use them. So, uh, Chris, um, and probably one of like the last questions, what drives you as an agency owner? So it is a, like, it is a tough job to have, but, uh, what's, uh, what, what keeps you happy? What, what drives you? I really love that question. So hopefully without getting, uh, too sappy and personal, um, so it all really starts from the fact that I come from humble beginnings. You know, I'm a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn, New York City, Queens, New York City. And um, I've sort of been on this mission uh, that is family driven. 
right? I was the first uh, kid in my family to go to college, uh, first one maybe to make certain professional uh, successes, and I don't do any of this for me. Um, I tell my wife and my family that all the time. You know, it may not feel that way as I'm having late nights, you know, yeah, and um, I don't do any of this for me. I do it so that uh, we can, I don't know, level level up, whatever that might mean um, for generations to come. I'm a daddy. I have three daughters. I'm a girl dad. I try to lead by example, you know, showing them that nothing comes easy, nothing comes free. You got to go out there and earn it. They have understood that uh, based on, you know, seeing daddy at work. Um, so that's really the core like in my DNA, why I do this or anything else that I've hustled to do. Now, specifically on the digital marketing and agency, I have a, spe I have a specific memory of being a, con uh, a mentor for a particular tech stars cohort in New York City Tech. And I remember being tasked with having to deliver similar consultancy services for the entire roster of eight to 10 different companies at the same time, you know, 30, 30 minute session here, 30 minute session here, but weekly. And I remember practicing the context switching and really you just have to like turn it off for one client with respect to my client roster, but that is how you serve multiples and turn it on for another. And I remember practicing that process as a Techstars mentor and being like, not everyone can context switch at, in this speed and in this way but i can not to be vain i was just self-observing I, I actually have this skill and i enjoy this um and this is a unique skill so i think that this could be something so that was my first time seeing it and finally um i humbly share that as i continue to get inbound requests for work as, a, as an individual consultant, I kept saying, nope, I'm at capacity, I'm at capacity. My capacity at the time was six clients. I individually managed six clients. And as I kept rejecting inbound, I said, this is not cool to leave money on the table. This is not cool to leave these opportunities behind. You only live once, right? YOLO, as they say. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to have to ramp this thing up and start to figuring this out. So that's really why I decided to ramp it from personal consultancy to agency. Well, Chris, that's a great motivation. Uh, and I appreciate you and I appreciate your family because uh, I, as an agency owner, I do uh, relate to a lot of what you were saying. That's not, that's not, that's not about us. That's not, that's never been. Um, so, so Chris, uh, this is Chris Rodriguez, the CEO of IXL.co, IXL.co. So please feel free to check out Chris's website. Uh, and he has the amazing track record of the companies that Chris helped, uh, throughout his career. And of course, please feel free to connect with Chris on LinkedIn. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for sharing all the stories and all the inspiration. Uh, you are such a wonderful guest. So thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for having me, Ludmila. Your story is equally as impressive, and I'm very humbled and grateful to be here speaking with you today. Thank you so much, Chris. Take care. Bye. Ludmila here. Thanks so much for listening to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. 
If you are a B2B tech founder who would like to be on the show, visit podcast.rampic.agency. If you've got something from this interview that you would like to share, please go ahead and post the link to this episode on social media. Just grab a link, send it to a friend. If you know someone who will be a great guest on the show, tag them in your post to let them know about the show and include our podcast name, which is B2B Tech Founders Lounge, in your post. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are adding new episodes frequently, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Visit us at Rampic Agency website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.